What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Lockdown Badgers. Another great episode with Brian coming in. We're going to talk the recent recruiting wins, what he thinks about the Badgers' um, trio of new commits since he was on last. We're going to talk about that and more on today's Lockdown Badgers. As always, let's go and on Wisconsin. You are Locked On Badgers, your daily podcast on the Wisconsin Badgers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to Locked On Badgers, your team every single day. Great episode today. I want to thank everybody, truly thank everybody for tuning in. As always, really do appreciate y'all, all y'all. Uh, let's bring Brian in. Like I said, great episode today. We're getting Brian Smith in, Locked On's recruiting insider, uh, and quickly becoming one of the fan favorites of the show. Brian, how are you doing today, my friend? Doing well, doing well. I actually have a question for you at the end of the show. I'm going to toss to you. So, oh, I love it. Let's let's do it. I can't wait. Um, since you were on last, we have we have good news to talk about. Uh, I'm going to start here with the most recent commitment, Anello uh, Lafayette, coming out of Hawaii, edge player, 6'2", 235, fringe, three or four star player, depending on which site you're looking at. Uh, what did you like about Lafayette's film when you put that on? I've known about him for quite a while. A lot of schools recruited him. Uh, he's one of the best players in Hawaii and per capita that area does really, really well. He's a kid that plays 100 mile an hour. That's the first thing he'll he'll make. It wouldn't matter what school he went to. The fan base was going to like it. Two, he can bend and truly be an outside edge rusher. He's not the biggest guy, but he's on third and seven. You got to know where where where's he at. And that's the difference between winning and losing is having a guy like that that teams have to account for. Wisconsin's, I mean, their defenses have been good. Don't get me wrong, but you can't have enough of those guys. Mm -hmm. Pass rushers rotating them in and out of the game, especially, and I, I say this every time I'm on your podcast, rush the passer, cover guys, Ohio State. That's it. That's the only disclaimer there is. That's the only thing they're recruiting for because Wisconsin's done everything else. That's the one school that everybody tries to measure themselves against. If you're going to slow down Ohio State's passing game, and I'm not saying stop it because nobody's going to stop it, you got to hit the quarterback. Getting kids like this gives you that chance. Yeah, and talk a little bit about he Wisconsin has got a bit of a pipeline out to Hawaii now. They had Nick Herbig come through now, now in the NFL. Um, they have uh, Kamoi Latu. They landed Tretch Kekahuna, who's also out of um, East St. Louis High School, out in Honolulu. Talk a little bit about Hawaii recruiting, and does it feel weird that Wisconsin has kind of carved out a niche there? At one point, I would have said yes, but my mind has changed on that from talking to different people from the islands, etc. I was with a guy just over a year ago that ran a seven-on-seven -seven team out of Utah, but he's originally from out there. And he said, look, we are people that love food, football, and just physicality. That's Wisconsin. Goes, I, there it is. I mean, like – Think about a Wisconsin tailgate, and I'm sure you've been to many. They fit right in. Right. The personality and all of that, very wholesome, family-oriented. It's not that hard to sell, and it's a really good school. They want, just like anybody else, people want their kids to go to good schools. It's one of the best state schools in America, so it's not that hard to sell. Plus, let's be honest, Alvarez got it going, and then it kind of you know just slowly moved up. They got Ron Dane, et cetera it's easier to sell because you've been to Rose Bowls and those kids see they like the Rose Bowl for kids that are poly kids. That's a big deal. They all see it. So Wisconsin's played and won those games and they, you know, they played against Ohio state and different teams and done well, that sells too. So I'm not that surprised anymore. And it's to the point where Wisconsin's recruiting in my state, like Florida and stuff like that. 20 years ago, they were wasting their time. Mm 
Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Now it's just open season. They can recruit in any state in America. Oh, that, that's great stuff there. The, I love the the idea of, well, we like food. We like football. We like physicality. I mean, that's literally Barry Alvarez. A hundred percent. Like in a sentence. Once, you, once I thought about it, I'm like, yeah, that, okay, I get it. I get yeah, it. That's great. Uh, let's talk more about Lafayette. How do you see him fitting? Where do you see him fitting best? Do you, is he a guy who's going to be moved around a lot defensively, or is he more of a pin that years back just go create havoc? Where, where do you see him fitting in modern the modern college football defense? Well, there's two parts to that. One is, is situationally. When it's third and seven, they can do what they want. I would just rush him. The forest for the trees thing that I often mention on this podcast, this is not rocket science. Mm-hmm. My guy better than yours. Your quarterback's going to move his feet or he's going to get hit. That's one. Two, if you look at the defenses they ran at Cincinnati before they came to, to, to the Wadgers, they moved their edge guys sometimes back in the 3-3 stack. He's athletic enough to drop and cut if you want. I know that that's, you know, it depends on who you ask if that's a good idea or not. And it depends on how much he picks up the scheme. If you can't drop into coverage, though, you're probably not going to play in this defense that much because they're going to zone blitz. They're going to do a little bit of man. They're going to do some different things. He will have to do it sometimes. But I'd say 80% or more, just go straight ahead and, and try to figure it out, get to the quarterback. Let's Let's keep it pretty simple. Is there anything in his game when, when you're watching it? You, I know you've been aware of him for a while where you're worried a little bit or there, there's something he needs to get better at coming to this level. Just first down and 10 power football. Just, I mean, look, what Michigan did to Ohio State, for instance, in that game last year is an example of how you neutralize talent. Ohio State has more talent than Michigan. It's not, not in question. They got smoked. The reason was Michigan executed up front. They were bigger, they were stronger, and this is what we're going to do. It's you know, Wisconsin's old method, but they had a few big pass plays mixed in. He's 235. Do I really want him matched up one-on-one on an outside zone with Michigan's right tackle? No. you got to find different ways to help him in that regard, and he also just has to get bigger, stronger, faster. He might redshirt. That's possible, too. But that's the only thing I worried about, the speed, the agility, and then just the effort. He, he can play those those positions on the edge, however they want to do it as a linebacker or as a rusher, just fine. And then the other thing I like about him, and the Badgers have done a good job of doing this, finding players coming from winning programs, championship programs. How big of an edge is that when you are getting kids from established big-time programs who, in my opinion, know how to compete, know what it takes to win? You don't have to teach those things. Culture is big in any sport. But I've, I've said this many times to people that, you know, oh, soccer or basketball or whatever. I always tell people you can think whatever sport is the best, but the one that's most difficult is football, especially college, because you got 85 guys just on scholarship. If you don't have the right culture, the right belief, and that starts with fickle. Don't get me wrong. But there are player leaders, too. And if you bring in kids, and it's, it's one of the things Dan McCartney did at Colorado. He tried to recruit kids when they, they were awful. When he got there, it took him a long time, but then he got him to national title level. One of the keys was recruiting kids from programs that won big, Louisiana, L.A., et cetera, Detroit. He tried to go get players from teams that were going to the state playoffs and winning games. That's important for Wisconsin, too. Bickle understands culture. They did a great job. I mean, Cincinnati wasn't great when he was taking over. They, they had some ups and downs. Obviously, they figured it out there, too. They did some of that same thing, recruit, especially in Ohio. There's some – Tremendous programs right there in Cincinnati, the Columbus area and Toledo, et cetera. They hit those programs. 
it matters. Kids will come in. They'll be able to compete here as much as they are with their with their muscle. And if you can't do that, you're not going to be able to win at the elite power five level. You've got to have guys that have culture that want to buy in and understand they got to help other kids around them too. It's a big process. Yeah, it's well said. Um, we're going to come back. We're going to talk uh, Daring Dupree, Emerson Mandel. The Badgers have a couple more commits. We're going to chop up with Brian coming back. Um, but first, we do want to take a quick break for our friends of the show over at FanDuel. FanDuel is America's number one sports book. It's the place we go to for all of our sports betting needs. The official sports betting partner of Major League Baseball, which is in full swing. They just had the All-Star game um, or just had the, the home run derby. It's absolutely incredible. And if you go now, take your first swing over at uh, Major League Baseball and FanDuel, get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets up to $200. That's right, just 20 bucks, and you'll land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. That's $200 you can spend on everything from the money line to over-unders to who you think's going to, to win the World Series. Whatever you want to do, the, the possibilities are unlimited at FanDuel. I've talked about... You know, the Badgers going undefeated this season in the regular season, right? That's plus 900, 1,900. I've talked about that with Rajiv on the show. You know, they have to play Ohio State. But outside of that, none of the games are truly terrifying. You can find those futures odds on FanDuel, plus a lot of other stuff, basketball futures. I've talked about the Phoenix Suns, um, NFL futures, if you're into who's going to win the Super Bowl next year, NFC Championship, AFC Championship. All of that's on FanDuel on the safest, easiest to use, most secure betting app available. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Get your $200 back in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel is the official sports betting partner of Major League Baseball. Now let's get Brian back on the show. Uh, just continue the conversation because, again, good stuff happening here in Madison. Uh, let's talk Darian Dupree. Brian, this has been a class where the Badgers have targeted a lot of running backs. They need to rebuild depth there. Darian Dupree comes on board after getting in Tuka. So they have a two running backs in the class right now. What did you like about Darian Dupree watching him on film? Ball. He can catch, he can run, he can block, and he's a kid that's really physical after getting contact. These fits Wisconsin from, again, the Barry Alvarez era at the current current day. And he's a kid that's used to playing in weather. Running backs that play at Wisconsin are going to see snow at some point. I kind of like getting a Chicago kid from that perspective. It's just true. It's different playing with a slick football. And I don't think he has any concern about how you use him. At some point, once he gets all the nuances down of being a traditional running back at University of Wisconsin, I bet you you'll see him a little bit in the slot, motioning him out, doing different things. He's got the ability to be just a football player. If you wanted to put him at DB, just to put it in perspective, he'd find a niche. He's a really good football player. Iowa or anybody like that you think of traditionally, the Big Ten West, Nebraska, schools like that that need those kind of downhill running backs, he would have fit in any of those places too. Good football player, good pickup for Wisconsin. And is he somebody, when you start looking at um, Gideon Atuka, who we talked about on a previous show, the, the smaller, more physical running back. Now you had Darian Dupree. Uh, we talked about this with receivers, stacking skill sets that do different things and giving Phil Longo the ability to have different pieces at his disposal. This just feels like another different type of weapon for him. This is more what he had probably at UNC. Um, this is a kid that they had, I mean, they had some really talented running backs there. But this is a kid they can put on a little bit of weight. He's not going to need a ton necessarily, maybe 15, 20 pounds, no big deal. And then all of a sudden, you're looking at a guy on first and 10. If you want to go play action and take a deep shot on a seven step, he can pass protect. He can do things like that that are probably taken for granted by the normal fan. But being an all-around running back means your coaching staff trusts you to make sure the guy that's throwing the ball is not getting hit. 
That's number one. Nobody wants to hear that. The first thing you got to do as a running back college level is block because quarterback gets hit, your season's done. That's just the way that works. Two, again, downhill between the tackles won't be a problem. Longo runs a lot of pin and pull. They it had tremendous success with it at UNC, coached it very well. And then finally, I think the, the final piece will be how much he catches the ball. He's a natural athlete. I don't think it'll be a problem. And if you're really going to spread it out like they're talking about under Longo, you're going to need that. This kid fits the system in that way as well. Is there something, uh, some somebody or someone, his running style reminds you of? Because you mentioned the contact balance after he gets hit, and he has tre- just a tremendous ability to get through the muck, right? Stay on his feet, keep churning. I like how physically he is. He'll try to drag a guy for five, six yards. He's not going to go run out of bounds or go down easily. Um, probably not elite top-end speed, but good enough speed. Is there somebody that he reminds you of? There, there are a lot of guys you could put in that. Uh, I can't remember which one of the Barber. Was it Tiki Barber was running back for the Giants? I can't mm-hmm. remember. But that's – I mean, I'm, I'm not saying he's right, – right. I mean, that dude, it was tremendous. But he reminds me of that in some ways. Very consistent. Uh, Barber was phenomenal with his technique and all the little things, and that's why he had such a illustrious NFL career. But this kid can do the things that he did because Barber was a three-down back. When he was at Virginia, he was that way. Then when he went to the Giants, he was that way. He was a pain no matter where he lined up. I think Dupree will be that way in the Big Ten. Teams that don't have upper echelon DBs that they can play away from the number one receiver, like a nickel and different things, he's going to be a pain for them. Screen game, he'll be a pain for them. And when you can do that, just like Tiki was for the Giants, man, that sucks as a defensive coordinator. You want to be able to focus on guys and be like, Okay, this kid over here, if he beats us, he beats us. Well, this kid is one of those in addition to in the passing game. That's going to make it much harder for Wisconsin to be defended. And it makes you really, really hard overall because then you don't know where it's coming from. Very hard to call defensive play calls. Let's talk about one of the fans' favorite parts of this, recruiting rankings. Right? Fans love stars. They love rankings. They love stacking things up. Um, it's just the, the fan in us that does that. And – Dupree is a three-star in a few spots on 247, for example, but he's a four-star in others. Where do you see his talent level um, kind of in the ranking standpoint? Where where should he be ranked? Low four-star. I would say somewhere around number 300 in the country, give or take, um, which is still very good. He's the only thing that he doesn't have is burner speed. Mm-hmm. If he had that, he'd be a 150 kid or better because he does all the things naturally. He has the vision, the cutback ability, the ability to spin off attack. All those natural traits are there, but he's not a pure burner. And you just it's really hard to project how much kids are going to get better with burst. Burst after a hit is something you don't see at the combine because they don't want to like go through it. But it's why evaluating football players is so hard. They want to limit how many times they get hit, but that's everything on what really happens. It, it sucks, but it's true. His ability to take that second level speed up a notch once he gets past the defensive line is the difference between him being a college player and being an NFL player. That's the only thing left. If he can do that, Wisconsin's got an all Big Ten player at the very least. Yeah, I want to zoom out just a bit when we're talking recruiting rankings, and it's hard every year is different. Um, but when you're saying top 300-ish player, vice top 150-ish uh, type player in the country, where do those tiers kind of break out? I mean, is there a point where if after you get past 200, is the players that are in like the two to 400 range, for example, relatively similar? I mean, where do those kind of tiers break out in your mind? It's a great question. And to be honest, um, there's, there's a couple of different ways to look at it. 
I was talking with somebody about this very subject the other day. I don't really care where kids ranked in the top 50, even at number one. Uh, there's some uh, like Jeremiah Smith's number one for me. He's a kid committed to Ohio State, the receiver here in Florida. You, a person five years old could watch three of his clips. It's not hard. There are certain kids that just jump by. You're like, okay, I don't need to watch this film. It gets harder as it gets down the road because they're kids. You see the skills, but they may not be refined. Like Jeremiah is refined. He, he could go start at 90% of the college football programs right now. Mm-hmm. But there are certain kids, and it's harder to project O-line, which is horrifically difficult because the kids aren't finished growing it. They're not strong. Projecting O-line is like taking a lottery ticket. Sometimes there's a handful, then it's a huge drop-off. So top 50 to tips, top 75, barring them being an idiot off the field, having an injury or just being a menace with the coach and coaching staff doesn't get along with them. Those kids are going to hit after that, especially at spots like O-line and quarterback where it's above the shoulders. It's a crapshoot. Um, forget which year it was, but a few years ago in the NFL, the final four teams, none of the quarterbacks that were starting for the teams, in the AFC and NFC championship game coming out of high school were ranked in the top 200. Right. That's, like there's a certain spots, it's different. O line and quarterback, you need to throw out. They're extremely difficult. Skill spots like corner, running back, receiver are easier because it's more about God given physical talent. Then you still got to work. But those, like you can grade a little bit easier. The hits are going to be higher. So I, I look at it from top fifty five to seventy five, and then I get murky when you talk about positions. So that's that's the hard part. So. Wisconsin needs to win with O-line. They're not going to out-recruit Georgia at corner consistently. So that's why scheme and and coaching players up has always been important there. That's not going to change. Now that they're getting some of these other kids, though, that can play outside the numbers, it gives you a chance to beat anybody on a given day. Yeah, that's really well said in terms of the the murkiness as you get further in and how the top group is, barring barring something crazy, is a pretty likely hit. Um, I did want to just – add on to that a little bit you mentioned the the god-given talent spots receiver cornerback running back as being a little easier sure is there any way or any way the industry or yourself has grown evaluating the tougher spots i know like you said it's mental but quarterback offensive line what do you do maybe differently now that you didn't do five ten years ago to look at those positions it's just more data points um the kids that get invited to under armor for instance I'm going to know more about them. I go to those events, the one-on-ones for the O-line, D-line, all the guys in my industry. I don't care if the number one player in the country is there. If it's a DB, like we get tons of film on skill guys because of seven-on-seven. The linemen, it's really hard. There's only a few. So when they go do reps, it's only a couple. That's all we get. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're taking off such small sample size because even their film, most of the time, like the kid that just committed, you know, Mandel, He's mauling kids that are 100 pounds lighter than him. How much am I really going to gain? So we just take as many data points and get to know them off the field, get to know about their workout ethic, their diet. Little things like that change the needle, stuff that fans are never going to hear about. They're just not. So there's a couple of kids that I raised, like on my board, that are like IMG in different places because they started training themselves off the field like an NFL guy would like hiring people that have dietitians and different things to change their bodies. And they're still in high school. If you're showing that kind of resiliency and that ability to want to be great, well, then, yeah, you should go up. You're being mature. That's the way it should be. That's really well said. And it's a great point about maturity and uh, embracing the process, right? 
of having to be a, a, a pro essentially. So, and speaking of offensive linemen, we're going to move into Emerson Mandel here in a second, take a quick break for our friends of the show, but let's talk about the, the mauling offensive lineman out of Minnesota that the Badgers picked up <clears throat> coming up next on lockdown Badgers. But first a quick break for our friends of the show and a quick second to say, thank you to everybody who's tuning in. Thank you to Brian Smith for, for jumping on as always. Um, let's get back into this and let's finish this conversation up. Uh, follow Brian, please, by the way, at FB Scout underscore Florida. Check out everything he's doing there. Brian, uh, I know we've talked about this before, but anything else that you have, or is that just the primary spot for for what you got? Going yeah. On? Well, I, I mean, social media wise, Twitter is my thing. And I, I'm also doing a lot of videos now on YouTube, various, various teams. I'll have a bigger show that I'll let you all know about after we kind of get through the month of July. And all the commitments are done, just like lay of the land, Wisconsin and Big Ten included. I might break it up into a couple of shows. I'm not sure. But we're almost there. We're not quite. We still have some key commitments coming in on Oklahoma, Miami, USC, Wisconsin, et cetera. After I want it all kind of to settle, and that'll be on my YouTube channel. That'll be awesome. And when that comes out, we'll definitely link that as well so everybody can check out what you're doing. Uh, let's talk Emerson Mandel. We're coming off our discussion how hard it is to evaluate offensive linemen, and here you have a – 6'6", 285-pound guy just pushing people out of the camera frame. Uh, what did you like about Emerson Mandel? First step quickness, nas nasty player. Like he, you know, he wants to bury guys, which you kind of have to be if you're going to play power five and be an interior O-lineman. He knows who he is. They play him at guard at his high school, and good for them because it's a mental and physical fit. And then finally, he's a pretty darn good athlete for a kid his size. He bends well below the waist. That means he could possibly play that. I need to see him in a scheme that actually throws the football. You and I talked about that before the show. There's no pass blocking footage of him. I don't know exactly how he's going to translate. And he was beating up on children that mothers all over the country are going to be mad about. So, I mean, he, he was going against competition like it's not the same as where I live here in Florida. And he just beat the bejesus out of him, which he should. But how does he relate when he goes up against guys his own side? I don't know yet. The athleticism, the size, and the strength, the aggressiveness, they're all there. Upside is upside is pretty high. I just need to see more of it. I guess really good competition. Well, and you talked about the upside. Like from a physical standpoint, some of the offensive linemen we've talked about in the past, they're coming in at maybe 260, and you have to project out how is he going to look with 30 more pounds. Uh, Mandel carries the weight really well for a high school kid, 285, 290. It doesn't look sloppy. And to me, that speaks probably a little bit to your previous point of he's, he's probably doing something right off the field, taking care of his body. I don't see how he couldn't be because usually kids that big, especially like Midwestern kids, they just lean on guys, you know, and they're mauling people. You can't do that quite as much down here. There are some, but at the same time, we're talking about kids with the size to just run over people. You can still kind of get away with it, but He's put himself in a position, I think, in the weight room doing squats and whatnot. And the reason I say that is first step quickness, even when he takes off, not like right ahead, but at an angle, was really good. And that's promising. When you have first step quickness, I don't care what sport it is, you're at an advantage. So then you add, give or take 300 pounds coming behind that. That's a good thing. Now, I, I'm curious to see what he does eventually at Wisconsin as a blocker in the pass game. Mm -hmm. Again, that's the only thing. I have no idea. There's just no footage of it. So he's got the foot skills to do it. Now does he pick up the traits and all that that are going to be taught to him? We'll see. You mentioned uh, probably would would have been a great fit in the Barry Alvarez offense as just oh. a, a mauler. <laughs> oh, 1994? Are you freaking kidding me? That's 
he'd been Barry would have had him starting as a redshirt freshman. I love it. Um, Brian, anything else for us with these three commits, or you said you had a question, anything else that we missed maybe on these three commits? The question I have for you based on the way that Fickle's recruiting and it's, it's different. I mean, Texas, Florida, you know, all over the place. Do you think Wisconsin is going to be this way long-term? And do you think it's a good idea the way they're compared to what other staffs have done? Yeah, I, I do think they're they're going to diversify. I think they've gone into a place where they're pushing the, 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 the brand a little bit more than they used to. You know, social media marketing is a much bigger deal there. They have an established recruiting department, which for years, Paul Christ was for whatever reasons, unable or unwilling to, to put resources into, you know, so they've, trust me, I, you're shaking your head. I, you sh I was pulling my hair out. They didn't have a recruiting department for up until recently in Paul Chris department. They just, it just wasn't a priority. So the stone ages were a part of the Wisconsin football program. I think we were getting into the stone ages from just from a recruiting standpoint. Like right. I'm not, there were other things Paul Chris did really well, but um, Luke Fickle's come in and he has guys that have been groomed, to be a, a recruiting director, a scouting director, and he has those in place. So I think because of those new resources and because of the the attention to detail there, they are able to push into some new areas and be a little more su successful. Um, the in-state stuff's weird, though, and we've talked about that on this show. They're going to have to figure that out. You can't lose 60% of the blue chip in-state talent. I don't know what that – and I, that was going to be my other question. Like, one of the kids last year at this time, I forget the kid's name, but the running back that committed to Penn State, he's a dude. And, mm -hmm. like, there is no way on God's green earth that he would have left with Barry as the head coach, in my opinion. I mean, it, I guess it's technically possible. But if I remember, like, Penn State got two or three kids out of Wisconsin. It's, like, it's just a weird deal. Mm -hmm. You're not going to maximize when you lose your best players. I don't care. If it could be Alabama. You can't lose, like, top three kids in your state. And they're not trending in the right direction with the next class either. So I don't know what the – I have no idea. I don't have contacts into that staff. I don't know what the deal is. There's a problem with some of the high school. But whatever it is, if Wisconsin is going to take the next step, that must be alleviated. That I do know. Yeah, and I, I think there will be an effort to do that. Um, there, there's some local there's, – there's been – they actually came out and did some uh, – I, I don't want to call a media tour, but they, they heard some of the backlash that the staff and talked about how important the in-state recruiting will be going forward. I think this year might just be a bit of a mulligan coming in, not not really being used to the in-state contacts, the in-state coaches, figuring out the lay of the land a little bit, getting a little bit of a, a slow start, quite frankly, whereas Penn State was already in on a couple of these kids. But I'm very interested, like you are, to see what happens next year with it. It has to change and, and change soon for Wisconsin to get to where they want to go. He is Brian Smith. I am Ryan Herrings. This is Locked On Badgers. As always, Brian, thank you so much for jumping on. Uh, quickly, like I said, become one of the fan favorites here. Uh, we'll talk to all y'all tomorrow for sure and have Brian on again next week to talk more recruiting. On Wisconsin and let's go.